Welcome to the All Manner of Things podcast. In this episode, we will be reviewing Exit the Game, The Pharaohs 2. Hi, my name's Shondell. And I'm Peter. And this is All Manner of Things. And today we're doing a slightly different review. We are reviewing Exit the Game, The Pharaoh's Tomb. So it's going to be slightly different because we, we really don't want to give anything yeah, away yep. about how to get Spoiler free. Through. Yep. Yeah, so, you know. We, we will be talking a, a, around the game but not talking about the – uh, try not to give away anything that happens within the game. If yes. that makes sense. Yes. And uh, if we do happen to accidentally say something that we realise is giving something away, then um, we'll edit it out afterwards. So if this is a really <laughs> choppy episode, you understand why. Okay, this game is for one to six players. Ages 12 and up. And the playtime is apparently one to two hours, but that is going to completely depend on how good you are at solving riddles. Basic gameplay. Okay, so Exit the Game, The Pharaoh's Tomb, is essentially like an escape room in a box. So if you've ever been, to, if you've never been to an escape room, uh, it's, it's this sort of place you go, you get locked in a room, you have to hunt around to try and find clues to solve different puzzles, which will give you codes to open different things where you're going to find more clues and it may open up a different room that you have to move into and you just sort of work your way through and you've got a set time limit, either usually either 45 minutes or an hour to try and solve all the riddles and find your way out of the game. The game comes with... In this instance, with the Pharaoh's Tomb, one decoded disc, 83 cards, two strange items, one rule book, and one book. Yep, we're reading straight off the back of the box here because we don't want to give away anything that you can't work out without just picking the box up on the shelf. The decoder ring, which from the photos I've seen of all the Exit the Game games... They all have a decoder ring sort of thing in them. Um, The way it works is it's a series of three, in this case, hieroglyphs that you have to turn around and once you get them all lined up properly for each riddle, it gives you a number, which is the answer card, which you can go to to see whether you got it right or wrong. You do have um, some help cards, which can assist you if you get stuck throughout the various puzzles and challenges. And the game gives you a rating out of stars at the end, which is based on the time it took you to solve all the puzzles and the number of help cards you had to look at in order to be able to solve those puzzles. And that's all that I feel like we could possibly tell you without telling yeah, you too much. Yeah. I think I think that'll do. Yeah. I think you get the basic gist. It's just a bunch of riddles and puzzles. So presentation, uh, what did you give it? I gave it a four. I gave it a four as well. What did you say? So since this is a one-time only play game and you've got to keep that in mind when you're looking at the, looking at the components, yep, yep. The, the card stock is really good. 
yeah. for that. It's actually, um, I was, in terms of the cards, I was thinking they were quite good quality considering part of the whole thing around exit games is that you fold and tear up and cut and destroy yeah, them. Exactly. It does make they could you have hesitate been, doing it, doesn't it? It does. It does. They could have been, like, they could have been sort of papery is, I guess, what I'm getting at, but they're yeah. not. Yeah. They're good quality. And it look it comes in a, a small box, which is great. Uh, nothing feels wasted within the box at all. You get your value for money. I'm not going to talk too much about money because, hey, different different countries have different prices and whatnot. But um, where we're from, it's relatively cheap compared to that of a, a board game, standard yep. board game. Yeah. So another thing with this is the um, normally we talk about the storage and how well it holds everything, but in this game. Once you've opened it up and you've played it, there is no storage. You pretty much throw it out. So that's not really a thing this time around as well. I also found that the artwork was really fun and it helped you get into character or at least start playing that role of, um, in this case, someone trapped in within the Pharaoh's tomb. Yep. So very cool, very light at the same time, nothing too dark themed, um, which is good for the family. That kind of leads us into rookie rating. So what did you give it? I gave it a five. And I gave it a five as well. Yeah. So I had to just sort of remind myself that we're not talking about how difficult the game is here. No. Um, We're just talking about how enticing it would be to someone who doesn't play a lot of board games. And I think the big thing with this is it's not really a board game. Like, No. It's... It's an escape room in a box, you know. It's a series of riddles and puzzles. You don't have to be a fan of board games to be a fan of this game. Absolutely. And the exit rooms across the world uh, are getting more and more popular. And this is a way of... Getting people, bringing the escape room to the family rather than trying to find uh, an escape room or to friends or what have you. So it's a great way for people to sit around, solve puzzles together. Yep. And um, it just does it so well with the time element as well. Um, yeah, and that, that is a benefit. That is a benefit of this over going to an escape room. As an escape room, you very strictly have to do it within a certain time limit. Yep. Playing this at home, you can blow out that time limit if you haven't quite worked out the puzzles fast enough. We did. (laughs) Um, Massively. And all you need to write is greater than two hours. You don't have to let people know exactly how long it took you to get through. I'm pretty sure we're going to include the photo of our results with this uh, podcast (laughs) as well so you guys can have a good laugh. But, yeah, it was um, very cool, very fun experience and the rookie rating was through the roof. You can get people interested in board games via this for sure. Okay, so next up is player interaction. How did you go with this one? I gave it a five as well. You know, I started with a five. I know you knocked it down. And I knocked it down. Yeah. Because... Did you want to say why you gave it a five? You, you, you say why you gave it a five I, I, first I remember, and then I know, I'll say I why. why. I, not, I know why you have right. as well. Look, um, look, it's great to have people solving puzzles um, and having a group of people together who solve the puzzles um, is is really good. It increases that interaction between people and, and, and whatnot. The, the way that the puzzles 
in at least in this particular instance, were handed out. It wasn't just you're solving one puzzle at a time. It was kind of like a stagger. You get a piece here, a piece there. You're only able to solve one puzzle at a time, but you're still getting the pieces for the future puzzles to solve. And that's kind of cool because you can pass them around to other people and get them to look and be engaged by what potentially could be coming up. Yep. There's a couple of, a couple of times when we've we solved like 90% of the puzzle. We need that last piece. And as yeah. soon as we have that last piece in, bang, we're able to solve the puzzle in half an hour or, <laughs> or so. But no, it went, you know, it, it was fun and it was great. Um, I think it's important with this player interaction to pick the right people, yep. but we and picked ourselves a good team. Yep. And that's, that's why I marked it down because the player interaction is great. Like everyone contributes if you've got – the, the right, right people. Yeah. It really depends on that because if you have someone who's super great at riddles and puzzles and they are less super great at sharing yeah. um, and they just come in and each time there's a new puzzle, they look at it straight away and then they solve it before it's even been passed around or, you know, like we had – if we had one person who didn't seem to be – contributing as much so when a new riddle or a new puzzle came out it was handed to that person first so they could at least have a look and have a yeah. bit of a yeah you know say what they think before it goes to you know if you had one person who was the person who was going to solve it so it does the interaction does definitely depend on the people that you're inviting around but it does encourage you to work together because the riddles are so varied or the puzzles are so varied and yeah. they require people with, you know, everyone knows something different. Everyone's got a little bit different some people, knowledge. Their brains different work ways. Yeah, yeah, in different yeah. ways. Some people think more abstract. Some people think more logic. Yep. And, and that's what's great about this range of puzzles. Just one quick note within this, and I'm sure it's with all the exit games that we that are going to be released and I'm pretty confident we're going to play them all after this is that no one gets knocked out during yeah. the games yeah. at all. So that's good. You start as a team, you finish as a team. So yep. that's good. Balance. Balance. Look, I gave it a one because it's not balanced at all. But what I didn't realise when I purchased this particular one or the game is that they do actually have ratings on the back of the box for strategy and luck. So exactly the things that we look at when we look at balance. Yep. And this particular one has strategy three and luck one and riddle solving five. I don't know what the difference between riddle solving and strategy is, but in my mind it was all strategy, no luck. Mm, mm. All your ability to work out. Oh, I suppose. Okay, so now that I think about it, it kind of makes sense to have the strategy and the riddle solving as two separate things because it's not a strategy like a normal game where you think five moves ahead and you try and work out if I do this and then I do that. It's it's more the riddle solving. It's what the hell does this mean? What am I doing? How do I, huh? You know, that yeah. that if how good you are at solving little puzzles and little riddles. And this particular version, I don't know how they all are in terms of rating, but yeah, it's five on the riddle solving, one on the luck. So yeah, the balance is low. I gave this one a little bit more. I gave it a two. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the only reason why is because when we do talk about balance, it also talks about rookie versus um, expert. Yep. And I think you've got a slight more advantage having played another exit game before to be able to jump in and start working that um, decoder disc that's there yeah, and yeah. work out what's going. I think there was a period of about five, ten minutes um, where we're all just looking at each other going, so what do we do now? We've yeah. got all these pieces in front of us. We have said that we don't need instructions. You know, it feels like you almost need like a like one person just to literally who's played it before take charge and go, well, this is what happened the last one. This coordinates to this that goes to this. So we don't want to say what that is. I don't want to give away any, any, um, any uh, hints. I want you guys to explore the box as well when you get it. But it did take us about, I said, five, ten minutes before we actually got started to know exactly what we're doing. Yep. And then we got into it and then we're fine. Yep. And the process of looking for your solution and then finding the picture, like one time we just misunderstood and we kept going to the wrong card, which told us we were wrong. Yeah. But it wasn't that we were wrong, we kept going to the wrong card. So, yeah, it does that part, I guess, would be a lot smoother with someone who's done it before. Replayability. Yeah, this is a fun one, this one. Yeah, so I gave it a zero. <laughs> and I gave it a zero as well, obviously, because uh, <laughs> you can't replay it. But I would definitely play another exit game. Oh, absolutely. And I w- it would be very interested to be a fly on the wall and watch another team play um, this particular version as well. Yeah, and so, see them smash it out in like yeah. an hour when it took us greater than two hours. <laughs> exactly. So it was good. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I'm going to say it right now, because it took us two hours, I think we had more fun, more bang for our, for our yeah. dollars. Yeah. And you can take you half the night and uh, it's Yeah, good. if you race through it, you know, it might not feel like you're getting your money's worth as much. One thing... Um, about it not being replayable, so having zero replayability, that I did want to say was the difference between this and a legacy game. So a legacy game, you're still paying for a whole game. You're paying the price of a normal whole game and you only get to play through it once. So there might be 12 games in that in that playthrough so you do get a bit of use out of it but at the end of the day you're paying a full price for a game and only getting the a set number of times you can play that game this however is completely different you can only play the game once but you're not paying a full game's worth you're paying less than the cost of going to the movies with friends you know that's that's one thing about it so even though it's it's a single play They've compensated for that in the cost of the game and which is why, you know, it's got a small box and it's, you know, the components aren't huge and stuff like that because they've mm. got to save the money because you want to get the fun out of it anyway. Yep. So theme. I gave it a four. And I gave it a five and then a knocked down gave it a four. <laughs> this particular one, the Ferris Tomb, is very Indiana Jones style. And I love it and I think yeah. it's... Yeah, it may not be original because we're basing off another theme, which is, you know, Jones. But um, you don't see too many Egyptian-themed style games out there. We've got Kemet, which we own. But uh, apart from that, 
not too many are out there. Yeah. So it's good to be able to pick out a theme like that and carry it through. Yeah, and it does carry through well. Like all the pictures and note, like the artwork and stuff in the. There's one bit the of notebook. artwork in particular that didn't to me match or fit in with that. I don't want to mention what it is, but it just felt a little cartoonish. Yep. Um, there's another piece. Some of it felt, the reason why I knocked it down from a five to a four is it's almost like some of the riddles were like pin the tail on the sphinx, if you know what I mean. <laughs> like they've, <clears throat> it could be anything because they just want to put that theme through it. And, and I mean, yeah, arguably, you know, you can only have so many riddles and they've come up with this, these particular set. But um, some felt a little pasted on. Yeah, so one thing with the theme in this one is the Dakota ring being all hieroglyphs added to the theme, but it was also quite amusing because obviously none of us have can write hieroglyphs or know exactly what the symbols are. So we're like, um, that's the, the, the bird with the long neck and then you've got the... The fish, and then you've and got the turtle flying yeah, in the sun. Yeah, type. and then there's like a flying scarab beetle type thing, and so it did. It was a bit of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Best and worst. For me, the the best thing about this game is the way that the puzzles slowly unfold. They get harder and harder as you track through, and just the conversations you have being players working out and solving these it's the good times um that you have and memories that you share afterwards i don't know about the puzzles getting harder and harder as we went through it definitely got harder there was but it wasn't like completely like then there was one puzzle that was easy to give you a bit of a break and then then a couple of harder ones and i felt like that varied throughout the throughout the game let's just say i had less and less input as we went along (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my best is how accessible the game is. So you can play it with people who, you know, if you've got people around you who are just sick of hearing you talk about board games and they're not interested in board games at all, you can say, hey, you know, did you want to come over for an evening? I've got this thing. It's like an escape room in a box. We'll, we'll sit down. We'll solve a whole bunch of riddles. You know, it's not a game. So an easy sell. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the best part about it for me. For me, the worst part about it is the fact that it's a one-play game and it feels like you only destroy maybe about 10 to 20% of the game. Yep. So if they could, and I know that they're going towards a certain price, which is fine, but if they had replacement parts of the stuff that you're pretty much guaranteed to destroy, I think you could then pass it on to your friends and yeah, replay it yeah. again. I mean, you can't really replay it yourself because you, you know yourself. the puzzles, but yeah, you could absolutely. pass it on to someone else. Yeah, and I think that it wouldn't be such a, a heartbreaking experience to throw the box out and yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, should we keep it as a trophy? I know, I know. What? And the other thing is like, what are you supposed to do with your board game geek collection list? Do you add it as own? Like, can you put something that you only play once and you've completely destroyed on your own list? It seems exactly. to be. It seems a bit strange. Because you know that the board game geek people are going to come around, knock on the door, and they're going to compare what yeah, you've your got. List, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's important to, to me that shelf. my list is accurate. Yeah. So. Own for five seconds. Own for two <laughs> hours, actually. For us, it's like two, three hours. Anyway. Um, my worst. 
look, yours is probably better than mine because I really enjoyed this game and I was struggling to think of a worst. The only thing I could think of was perhaps having that main Dakota ring a bit bigger. But now that I actually look at it compared to the size of the box, it's as big as it possibly could be to fit inside the box. And obviously they've kept everything small. The same with the notebook. If it was a little bit bigger, it might be a little bit easier, but they've, they've, They've kept, They've kept it, it all price. small for a reason yeah. to keep it within that price, and that's fine. Like I said, it was a terrible worst, but I really enjoyed this. I was struggling to think of a worst, but yours is yours is a better thing. Like it was, it was so much fun. It's a shame that I can't play it again. But the, the type of game it is, you just can't play it again. Yeah, but at least to hand it to your friends, yeah, and so they can have just as much fun. Yep. Final thoughts. So, final thoughts. Okay, my overall impression is that this game is something different for an evening in with friends. And I had that it's a great puzzle game that will uh, suit most people. I know we keep talking about the cost, but that is that is a big, it matters with this game. Mm. It matters that it's a cheap cheaper game it matters that it's less than the cost of, you know, going to the movies with four friends. You just get four friends around, you get a few snacks you get this game out wow you know yeah and you'll get your your money's worth i mean you know how long does it take to watch a movie and you know um compare that to how long it takes to finish this game for us (laughs) (laughs) you can watch two movies (laughs) but yeah no a lot of fun greater than two hours I'm going to tell you how long it was. It was just greater than two hours. We did have dinner in between. Yes. Um, which but I think we were already over two hours when we stopped for dinner. <laughs> so buy if. Uh, buy if you like escape rooms. Buy if you want to have a night in of, of fun with friends. Buy if you like riddles and puzzles. Same as me. Um, buy if you love good puzzles to solve. And mine was similar. It was buy if you're looking for a different form of entertainment. If you're sick of doing the same old thing when you have people around and you're looking for something a little bit different. Yeah. This goes beyond your how to host a murder and those style of games, which were popular like 10, 15 years ago. They still exist. They do exist. Some people still do them. Yeah, I just think they're not as popular as now. If you want something which is more fast-paced, and I think less. the major advantage of this over a how to host a murder is it doesn't rely on anyone getting into character. Yeah. Um, it doesn't rely on people dropping hints or whatever they're supposed to do. It's purely just solving the riddles. You don't, you could dress up and have fun with it if you wanted, yep. but you don't have to. And no one's going to miss out if they don't do that. You've been listening to the all manner of things podcast, the podcast where we talk about board games. If you wish to get in contact with us, please email us on podcast at allmanneroftings.com or visit us at www.allmanneroftings.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.